0: You're listening to a Glasgow Women's Library podcast. This is part of our 21 Revolutions programme, celebrating two decades of changing minds at Glasgow Women's Library. For more information on the library, our 21 Revolutions programme, or any of our other work, visit our website at womenslibrary.org.uk. I'm Denise Mina and I'm a writer. Well, um, I wrote this piece, uh, I was at a book fair in um, Switzerland and I was sitting next to a very beautiful American writer and it's basically just a conversation we had. But I was thinking about the Women's Library and I was thinking about how do you retain your integrity in the face of a very... uh, I don't know how to describe it, just being in a business that you're not really temperamentally suited to and it's very gendered and, you know, it's very much about being able to sell yourself. And so I was having this conversation with this writer sitting next to me uh, and she was talking about Martha Gellhorn and we both were very uncomfortable but just talking about Martha Gellhorn made us both feel that it was all right to be uncomfortable and just to be ourselves. And I found that really inspirational, and it's one of the things about the Women's Library. I go there sometimes and um, look at things, and I think I'm going to write about that, because it's the obvious point, but actually what you end up writing about is always something else. Ernest Hemingway's Third Wife This is a beauty contest, and we're losing. Initially we laugh. How uncomfortable we say but we don't really mind because we're not that interested in tricking people who might not get them into buying our books. Slowly, though, as the day goes on, as a drip, drip, drip wears curves into stone, we lose sight of ourselves. We start to sag. We feel wrong. We're sitting at a table 50 feet long in the tent, with the sides pulled back so that we can see the sun sparkling on Lake Geneva and the snow-capped French Alps beyond. French book fairs are different than British ones. There's no hiding in the hospitality area until we materialise at the side of a stage. There's no room for shyness or ambivalence or reticence. Here, we sit for two hours at a time behind displays of our books, while readers walk slowly by, glancing, reading the backs and the accolades, fingering our creations before smiling small apologies and moving on. Once in a while a faux steamboat full of tourists passes by outside, pumping black clouds of exhaust fumes that cling to the clean lake water. The decks are crammed like Nigerian commuter ferries. The boat gives a hoot and we laugh, but we don't mention farting or anything like that. The boat's a reminder that beyond this tent full of literature there is farting and exhaust fumes and shitting. Cysts and haemorrhages happen beyond a blinding white tent full of books and writers. The writer next to me is young and shy. She's worried about looking younger than she is. She thinks it means she's taken less seriously. What she doesn't know and I can't tell her because it would be creepy is that if she isn't taken seriously it's because she's too beautiful. She can't help it. Time will help but apart from facial tattoos there's not much she can do about it. She tells me she's American but she lives between London and Paris because she's visa juggling. She comes, she tells me, from a literary family, a clever family in New York, but not a connected family. I nod, but I don't really know what a connected family is. My family are from Rutherglen. We watch yet more people put our books down and move on. We lie to each other. Isn't it nice here? Isn't it nice to have this view? My hotel is nice. The food is nice. I'm nice. You're nice. We don't know how to segue into who we really are because we're sitting in public selling ourselves and doing it badly, and neither of us are confident. The man on the other side of me is very confident. He is a philosopher, has written ten novels. Ten He gently slaps my arm with the back of his hand. Ten How many have I written? I try to change the subject, but he persists. How many? I tell him thirteen. He pauses for a moment before turning back to his next customer. He tells them that his new book is great, very funny, insightful. This man is bombast personified. I don't think he has written ten books. It seems to me slightly too round a number to be true. Ten sounds like an approximation up from eight, or maybe even seven, maybe even six. His customer leaves with his books and a flyer for his painting exhibition. He's a brilliant painter too, he tells me. Oh, he has another customer. While selling more books, he tells me that he's a local. He's lived here for 30 years. Everyone loves him. He's selling books hand over fist, marking them down on a sheet of paper in bushels of five. Neither myself nor the American have sold any. He has sold a lot. He needs to, he tells me, because no publisher will touch him. He pays to have them published and sells them himself. They're brilliant. The American beauty and I sip water, play with our pens, chat. We're not bombastic. We can't bring ourselves to tell customers that we're brilliant or funny or unique. We don't know what the army are really up to in Iraq. And we don't know what the future will be like. We get down to talking about what writers really care about. She has with her a moleskin Evernote squared notebook, the 5x8.25 with a pocket, an elastic band to hold the pages and notes in, and when she opens it I see checked pages covered in tiny writing. Every so often she makes notes in it with her pen of choice, a rollerball, 0.2 black of course. Mine is a black pilot calligraphic tipped 2.0, although at home I prefer a 2B pencil for the scratchy scratchy noise and the smeary free definition. I don't have a notebook, but I'm writing small notes on bits of paper and the inside cover of the book I'm secretly reading under the table. I like chaotic notes on receipts and books tucked into my passport. This method allows small, tum- sometimes banal observations to seem arrestingly urgent, like a secret pass-through bars. She makes a note about a woman's hand gesture and I af- ask if it's for her next book. Yeah. She smiles, looking genuinely happy for the first time since we got here. It's about women walking in the city. The first chapter is about Martha Gellhorn. She was Ernest Hemingway's third wife. As she says this, she gives a quick, sidelong glance, a mini-cringe with her shoulder. It's as if the ghost of Martha Gellhorn has stabbed her in the temple with a hat pin. Gellhorn was not Hemingway's third wife, I say. It's the first honest thing I've said. "'No, I know, but most people don't.' She looks at me for a minute and a series of thoughts flit across her face. Statistically, Gellhorn was the third woman who married Hemingway, so she's right. And I've corrected her, which quite rudely and fervently, and that was wrong in this context where fiction is the only thing holding the whole event together. But we meet each other's eye and we both know that Martha Gellhorn was on the beaches at D-Day.' First into Dachau, that she covered wars "'when being a woman meant she couldn't even get accreditation. "'We know she was at the fall of Saigon, "'with the Republicans in Spain. "'She was in Panama. "'And we know that she married Hemingway "'and he forbade her to work, so she left him. "'And we know that she never cheapened herself "'by making grandiose claims "'or pointing out that he followed her to Civil War Spain. "'Gellhorn just did her thing and made mistakes "'and failed to sell and wasn't sorry.' The drip, drip, drip wore nothing from her. The beautiful American squints at the blinding sun on the water, smiles, looking like the old woman she will one day be, and mutters, I'll never call her that again. Customers bypass the table, carrying miniature dogs in bags, eating ice cream, drinking takeout coffee. We sit at our table, failing to sell ourselves to anyone, just being and doing our thing like Gellhorn. I feel a gentle slap on my arm and the man next to me says, sold another one. Thank you for downloading this free 21 Revolutions Glasgow Women's Library podcast. To find out more about 21 Revolutions, visit our website at womenslibrary.org.uk. There you can find out about the 21 women writers and the 21 women artists who have produced limited edition artworks available to buy from the library while stocks last. You can also find out more about what we do, why we are special, and how you can support us. It's all online at womenslibrary.org.uk.